Hello and welcome to Music Rewind, a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and in each episode, I will invite a guest on to tell us about their favorite music album, how they discovered it, and what makes it special to them. Today on Music Rewind, we are bringing you something a little bit different, a special bonus episode featuring some previous guests as we discuss classic rock. First up is Alan Ziegler from our discussion of Band on the Run. Hello, uh, fellow self-proclaimed classic rock experts. Take it easy on me, and uh, let's have fun with this. Next up is Doug Brinkler from our episode on Van Halen 1. Present. Glad to be here. Let's rock this. Finishing up our roundtable is Luke Boris, whose episode on Radiohead's In Rainbows may or may not have posted yet, depending on when this one hits the airwaves. Not classic rock. hello it's good to be back looking forward to this one welcome gentlemen and thank you for joining us today (laughs) so it goes (laughs) Uh, goes. you knew that was coming you knew that was coming come on tell me you didn't know that was coming Have you listened to it yet, though? That's, that's I, the. You know what? I did, time. and I, I I enjoyed it. I really, nice. I, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, it has some really cool ebbs and flows to it, and um, you know that's what to me in in listening to all these podcasts. I have gone back so far, with the exception of Phantom of the Opera one, because I, I just uh, listened to that the other day. I haven't had a chance to. But I've went and listened to the albums that have been on here. And, I mean, I think I, like, really rediscovered the beauty of these albums and then listening to the people's stories for me and how they connect. It gives me a whole different perspective on all the types of music. I mean, the DMX and, and the Lauren Hill and the Phantom, those are, yeah. those are way out of my league. Those are way too smart for me. I don't normally listen to that stuff, but when I go back and listen to it, it's, I mean, a totally different appreciation for it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I appreciate it because that wasn't music I normally listened to uh, back when some of those albums were popular. Um but also, you know, when I was a kid, I liked the Star Wars album, which was the John Williams Orchestra. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I really appreciated then. And then I heard Van Halen and it was all, <laughs> it was all, yeah, it was all over from that. But, uh, you know, I still have that uh, John Williams album and there's uh, two songs on it that, are pretty much worn out. That's how long I listened to, you know, I listened to the whole album, mm-hmm. but there's two. You know, if someone brought the greatest hits of John Williams to the table, I would do that album in a heartbeat. I mean, from, yes, you know, we just watched home alone yesterday and yeah, dude, you know, that, that's a great John Williams one. And you hear Harry Potter in there. Uh-huh. And then if you get, you get into Jurassic park, obviously star Wars, uh, mm-hmm. so many, I mean, he's the, that's the master right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was great. So what we will be doing this evening is each member of our group of classic rock scholars has a few questions and one by one, we will be asking our questions and then either praising or mocking our colleagues on their musical tastes. (laughs) (laughs) So we have all nominated Luke to go first with his lead off question. What you got for us, Luke? Well, uh, I actually asked you uh, when I first found out I was going to be on this episode, uh, 
what is considered classic rock. So um, we discussed it and decided, hey, this might be a good kickoff question. So um, when I was growing up in the 90s, uh, classic rock was kind of considered 60s, 70s, bit of the 80s, and so on. But it's now 2021. And if you subtract 30 years from that, it yeah. is 1991. So is grunge now classic rock? So um, I guess uh, we need to determine what, what classic means to each of us. So Well, I think the criteria, I, I, I actually think that you do make a valid point of being the 30 years. Because I, I wrote on my thing uh, that it, it's a song that stands the test of time or stands out or you listen to it on the radio and you turn it up, even though the song may be 30 years old. Um, if it's good music, it's good music and it's uh, eternal. Um, you know, for me, it would be classic music would be, uh, the who, uh, uh, Boston. And we can, we can keep going up the years. Uh, but I think what it is, is it's got to be, uh, stand the test of time. Even the '50s doo-wop music. There's a couple of those that really stand the test of time, and I can I can jam I could jam to those in my convertible just as I could uh, uh, songs from the 2000s. To me, I think anything that derives from the blues or R&B type songs can be considered classics uh, or classic rock. I think. Um, so in saying that, I think you can span any amount of time. I mean, I look at a band now, like, um, I was thinking like the dirty knobs right now. I mean, to me, that's classic rock. And that's out when that come out last year, 20, 2020, 2019, maybe now, I don't know, but a band like that, it has that classic rock feel to me. And I would consider that. You could play that on any classic rock station. You could make that argument. It, to me, the uh, the decades themselves are are key in identifying classic rock. Uh, like if you mentioned recent bands, you know, I could see the Black Keys being right there. They could have come out in the seventies and they would have fit right in. Yeah, they pull it out uh, of that but, blues but, that blues yeah. genre. To me, classic rock was largely developed in my mind. Uh, number one by. Uh, my dad and Alan with their influence, but then also 100.9 WLRZ right there. Uh, out of yeah. The Illinois Valley. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the I classic rock station. <laughs> and I don't even think it exists anymore. WLRZ as it was, but I don't know. But the tech to, to me, it was, you know, when you get into the end of the fifties, early sixties, and then right up until grunge, Grunge was the end of classic rock to me. So all, all the good rock of the 80s, I personally do put that into a classic rock bucket. I don't even know if there was good rock in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> there absolutely was. I was going to say, uh, there was a lot of stuff in the 80s that I would there not was. consider. It cannot all be considered classic rock because there was some real crap. I mean, Tom Petty was 80s, though. Yeah. I mean, there, there was there was some real crap out there that I, I listen to now and go, uh, it did not age well at all. You but know. then you've got like Van Halen, 1984. Yeah, yeah. Guns N' Roses, The Cars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I put all that in classic. Phil, Phil Collins. 
U2, yeah. REM. Yeah. But like uh, Alan mentioned Tom Petty, which is a good point because oh, yeah. does it does it follow the artist too? Because Tom Petty had some great tracks in the 90s, which was after Grunge came out, you know, yeah. from Full Moon Fever and Wallflowers. He had some great great tracks in the 70s too. I mean, you're going to yeah, get down the torpedoes. The Traveling yeah. Wilburys. I mean, That's you had Roy one. Orbison, and yeah. I mean, yep. oh my gosh, man! That I would consider great. all that classic rock, but that then kind of like kind of bridges that, you know, a little bleed over, I guess you could yeah. say. Oh, and that, it, and it, when Tom Petty came out, it was um, he was labeled in that um, post punk new wave category yeah. forever too, and then it just somewhere along the way it just evolved into classic rock. Well, those MTV rock. videos of them were were kind of new wave. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then later on, it went to uh, almost like on the new wave side. You'll, you'll get bands like the Talking Heads. I mean, what bucket do you put them in? Same, same, same thing. Classic, they were they classic, started. Yeah, yeah they sure. started out on that that new wave. Classic, and they're, now they're classic rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. started out CBGBs. Yeah. You know, with Blondie yeah. and um, the Ramones. Uh, that's another one. You hear them on classic rock stations now too. Yeah. You know, I personally like the Ramones, and and I would think some of their stuff is classic. Um, you know, some people are like it's punk. I listen to it now, and it seems a, slightly slower than it did when it came out. Uh, but I, I would call it classic. Now, um, I, I've got another question. So, um, singer songwriters, you've always given me crap about my my love for singer songwriters, Al. Yeah. Um, so, Paul Simon. I give everybody crap about everything. <laughs> like, you are the self proclaimed music it? snob. There you just, go. <laughs> um, wasn't it? I mean, I don't remember this, but wasn't it George Carlin who said uh, he might have stole this off somebody too? I don't even know, but he said something like. Good music is what you listen to, and bad music is everything else. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's all. It's all you, right? Everything you like is good. Everything that you don't like is bad, or else you'd be listening. I can to see it. that for sure. I mean, I have a feeling that most of our answers, though, are going to be in that '60s, '70s, '80s time frame. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, we can argue classic rock definition. I mean, that we could do that for days and <laughs> yeah, probably right. never come out. I mean, seriously, I can tell by the answers. It's not going to get resolved in a podcast <laughs> right. in an hour. <laughs> well, let's move on to another question. Alan, give us one of yours. Um, I wanted to know, I mean, this should be fairly straightforward. What was everybody's first concert? Oh, first concert? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like, you know, going to a church no, concert no. or something like that, like an actual Yeah, I, I saw Johnny Cash. Uh, oh, at the Peoria Shrine Mosque, and uh, that was your yeah, first one in the early seventies. Wow. Oh, yeah, because nice. I was probably nice. twelve, and uh, yeah. and it was really good. And it was oh, that's awesome. It was exciting to see that there was no fireworks or anything, but uh, uh, that was one of those yeah. guys that I think he could. Um, he didn't actually have to sing; he could just talk, and and uh, it just sounded good. I mean, his voice is kind of yeah. like if Morgan Freeman did "Raining Blood." I'd buy that album. So let's get with, let's get with Kerry <laughs> King and with Morgan Freeman. I want to hear that. I would have loved to have seen that concert. Yeah, 
Anytime I would have, I wish I could have seen Johnny Cash at any point in his career. I mean, I yeah, been. yeah, yeah. It was really good, and his wife was there, and then his uh, mother-in-law and stuff, and they they were really good. I'm, I'm glad my dad spent the money. It was probably seven dollars back then. You <laughs> your know, dad, your dad took you. Your yeah, dad took he you? really liked like Johnny Cash. Thing? I grew up in the household of country and western music, so uh, but Johnny Cash, dad, I think, same. succeeds. Uh, all genres of music, you know. I do. I do find it funny that our first question off of what is classic rock happens to be a you know country western artist. So. Well, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> well, you know what? You listen to Cocaine Blues. You got to remember yeah. that he toured with Elvis and Terry yeah. um, Lee Lewis and Roy Orbison yeah. and all them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there was a rock. And I would have loved to have seen that particular. Can you imagine uh, being at Sun Records at that time, seeing all the greats? I don't, you know, I think the devil was sitting outside taking souls uh, before the guys walked yeah, in. I yeah. mean, that was the place that just was busting out albums. Every one of those guys were considered classic for sure. I'll, I'll say off of the uh, the country music. So uh, I, here's here's one for you to, to fuel the fire, I guess. Uh, my first concert was Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh boy, achy oh, breaky oh, heart. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I was I was five years old, and my mom dragged me because she wanted to go with her friends, and I. So so. Is that a clear? Is that a clear memory? No, no, no. I don't remember a darn thing about it. But my first classic rock uh, artist that I saw was George Thorogood and the Destroyers. Oh, that so would nice. be awesome. Yeah, yeah so nice. I'm with my dad um, at a little shack in East Peoria, Illinois. Um, no one came. It, it was it was wow. almost embarrassing. I felt bad for for George. But yeah. um, my dad and I stayed a little bit back, but we could have walked up and, and high-fived any of the, the band members. But it was a fantastic show. They, they still just completely rocked it out, knowing that there was no one there, and, and they were basically in the middle of central Illinois, no one, no one around. They still gave it their all, and it, it, it was fantastic. So My, my, nice. first, my first rock concert would have been Van Halen. So uh, that, that was... Um, a pretty good first concert and it was definitely way louder than Johnny Cash that was that was back when insurance companies and stuff didn't care if people's ears bled and and people lost hearing how about you Alan my first one was uh September 9th 1982 I saw Greg Kinn open up for Rick Springfield oh, at the Peoria Civil yeah Center. yeah so that's not cl- really classic rock either, right? I mean, eh, Greg Kinn, maybe. You probably get a, a little crap. <laughs> I, I have, I have Greg Kinn. I've got tons of Greg Kinn on vinyl. My dad was a, was a, a fan, so I, 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 I lump that into the classic rock. The video was yeah. great. So you know what was great about What's that it? was, um, I was a, fr- I was a fresh, I, I just. I was like a month or so into being a freshman, and my uncle, Kevin Epley, was, uh, he took me to that, and it was like 75% female to 25% male, and it was very fun. I'll just say it was very fun. (laughs) As being a freshman... Yeah, it uh, was Rick, cool. So that was the only good part. I was going to say it. Rick Springfield probably brought in a lot of women because he was on uh, soap operas. He was a, I think it was, was super. Was it General Hospital? Yeah. I think he was on General yeah, Hospital. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> 
All right, uh, Doug. What's uh, what's your first question? Well, mine was. Well, Steve, what yeah, was yours? Oh, yeah. What was your yeah, first? Your, <laughs> got you next. Yeah, my uh, my first concert was Metallica. Uh, oh, with, uh, uh, yeah, about about a month before I shipped out to the army, I was eighteen uh, up at Pecatonica Fairgrounds in Illinois. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. They, uh, what album was that? This was right after Load, and. Okay. Uh, they came out and they said, "Oh, they were already on the D." Yeah. Well, they, they came out and they said, "Sorry for the fans of our recent stuff, but we feel like playing old shit." Yeah, and, and the crowd went, oh. the crowd went nuts, and oh. there was—I mean, it was just—it was all old stuff. A couple, I mean, they did their hits off load, sure, but it was great though. The uh, opening for them were uh, "Days of the New" and and Jerry Cantrell. Nice. Oh yeah, so, I've seen Jerry Cantrell. Oh, yeah, He's cool. awesome. Yeah, that's a heck of a lineup. Yeah, that, seen it was a hell of a first cool. concert because uh, I was eighteen, and within like an hour, the the beer garden fence had been torn down, so beer was flowing freely throughout the whole place. They oversold it, so there were cars like all the way down the highway. Oh, cool. People didn't get in. We came. We went early to see the opening acts. So, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of people that didn't get in at all, including. Uh, my cousin Chris, uh, uh, he just he he could hear it. <laughs> right, <laughs> he couldn't get in there. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a great That's starting. That's funny. I, I saw I saw Metallica um, on a Monsters of Rock tour in uh, I think it was '89 with uh, Guns and Roses. Van Halen, yeah, Motley Crue. No, this was a uh, this was this was Van Halen, Metallica, Dokken, and. Somebody else, but Metallica came on like second. And as soon as Metallica came on, the fence surrounding the thing was tore down. I mean, they just trampled the fence and everybody started going towards the stage. Oh, yeah. it, it was a crazy, it was a crazy scene. And then, you know, speaking of that Pecatonica, I saw Metallica there when they were on the Lollapalooza. And um, yeah, that was a good show. That was a good show. The only, the only problem with that fairground is, one way in and one way out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Took forever. I'm, I'm glad we went in early. That place. Cool place, though. Well, go for it, Doug. What's your first question? Oh, my first question was, uh, what's your favorite album? I'll have you go through there because I, uh, I want to hear what you guys say first. Well, well I do want to add a caveat. To favorite album that you have not covered on the podcast. That's correct. Yeah. Well, there is a there is a correct answer to this question, and there is Quadrophenia <laughs> is the greatest album of all time. So I love rock operas. So uh, you know, Twenty One Twelve and and The Wall, etc. But uh, Quadrophenia just it, it does it for me. I think Twenty One Twelve is awesome. The Wall is is another awesome album. Those were good picks that you picked there. To to build off of Luke, there mm-hmm. my pick is Tommy. Oh my gosh, that's an, that's another great one. So, I had never I had seen the movie many times growing oh, up, yeah. and which yeah. I'm glad I did because when I eventually listened to the full album, uh, y'all ever see the movie Almost Famous? Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 At the beginning, at the beginning, the older sister says it leaves him a note. Says, "Listen to Tommy with a candle on; it'll change your life." Yeah, and uh, so I. Did that, and I actually not with a candle on, but went out there and I, I bought the CD. <laughs> and having seen the movie, I understood the entire album, and it was fantastic. And it is still one that I just listen to all the way through, all the time. That's a that's a great one. Yeah, 
Yep. Keith, Keith, Keith Moon and Janet Whistle are, yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely sure. phenomenal. And uh, Pete Townsend, one of the greatest songwriters out there, in my opinion, obviously. He, but Sure, sure. He's making a lot more money than he did uh, then by. <laughs> Uh, all these uh, shows snippeting his music for the intros and uh, living off CSI royalties now. He, oh my God. <laughs> he, he definitely is. Yeah. What about you, Alan? No. Um, I, I'm go, I'm going off on of my favorite album is what I always listen to the most. It's either Soundgarden's bad motor finger or, or smoke from driving and crying. And I, I listen to those, yeah. Like all the time, um, yeah. you bought me bad motor finger um, for Christmas a few years back. So on, on vinyl, I should say I've, I've known it since I vinyl, since I was yeah. young. But on, you you got me the reissue, and I still listen to that to this day. So and I got the CD uh, uh, yeah. on that one. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's what what I did uh, for me. I put what's your favorite album, and I started thinking because there's I like ZZ Top's. Um, eliminator but there's one song on that was um tv dinners and so that kind of took it out of my favorite album and this one is uh appetite uh for destruction by guns and roses because the guys had so much attitude that i can listen to that album and even at my age now i could I can crank the album. That's a fantastic album. Yeah. I still like every song. A lot of times mm-hmm. things get overplayed, and I think for a little bit some of the stuff got overplayed, but then I now they don't play it as much, so now I can listen to the whole album all the way There's through. a lot of great tracks that are not you know popular hits off there, like Mr. Brownstone and others. I mean, there's oh, really yeah. Nice. One of my favorites, yeah. That's uh, – uh, in 1987, I was in Daytona, Florida for the, oh, it was a, I think it was a Pepsi 400 or something before the Coca-Cola 500. But um, the uh, walk there, uh, I'm trying to think of Daytona yeah, Beach. has the boardwalk had, down there. Yeah, the boardwalk had the bar in the middle of the um, pier there. And uh, I hear the band, I go in there and it, obnoxiously loud and I couldn't even tell if they could play or not and I noticed what was written on a little chalkboard Guns and Roses and I thought Guns and Roses those have nothing to do with each other I like this is stupid but I do remember going in and seeing the top hat on Slash and this is before they were years before they got famous but uh, uh, I listened to one song but it was uh you couldn't even understand the words or anything. And I'm all about loud, but that was obnoxiously not well mixed. You couldn't understand what anybody's saying. I'm like, hey, I thought these guys kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And yeah. then years later, you know, I would have died to have a ticket for, to see right. them yep. back in their heyday, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take right the, the next question here. Uh, what is your favorite long track, like over 10 minutes long? Oh, go ahead, Al. Oh, I was just going to say, I think um, for me, it's probably Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, Elton oh, John. There we go. Um, the, other ones I, the other ones I had was um, either 
Low Spark High Heeled Boys from Traffic, I think is really cool. Uh, really yeah, that's long, an slow beginning. And then um, Closer, I'm Your Captain from Grand Funk. I thought that was oh. another one of my favorites. I really yeah. wanted to say the Abbey Road medley, but I thought that was cheating. So, because that's really, like, you know, that's a, is that considered one track? Was that, is that allowable, Alex? Is that allowable, Ju- Judge? <laughs> Having not watched that Beatles documentary, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, it is a great medley. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, could, I listen to it. I, I still listen to it. Like every other week, I'm listening to that thing. What's yours, Luke? I, I uh, went with Pink Floyd, uh, Pigs, three different ones. So I, I think... Uh, Love that track. Animals is the perfect uh, balance of the Pink Floyd sound and Roger Waters kind of theatrics, that it, the final cut and the wall, obviously. So um, I, I think it, it's got the conceptual elements. And then I, I, my favorite era of, of Floyd is metal to animals. So um, I, I, I think that's where they kind of develop their sound to, to the to my ears to my liking. So anyway, baseline is phenomenal in that song. Yeah, the cowbell, the pig noises that kind of alludes to the to the album love, title. Kind of love yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals Never for Pink Floyd is, is their uh, their peak to me. There and then into the wall is is that those two are, are right there at the peak for me. And and pigs is just a phenomenal song. Which in a future episode of the podcast will be spoken about, you know, in in, in deep detail. Uh, but I I love the, I love the anger that comes out in those lyrics, and and also the uh, so much imagery in the entire story of that album. And Pigs is is Roger Waters at his most angry. I love it. Absolutely, haha, Sherrod, you are. Uh, uh, Gilmore's guitar solo at the end. Uh, I, like I said, yes. it's just a, a culmination of, of that sound that they 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 found, and then you could tell they're they're kind of getting into that uh, that theatrical uh, rock opera uh, mode in the, on that album. But it, it's the perfect mix of, of the two. There's yeah, there's a there's a couple parts in there that you can tell like where the wall came from. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> What's your Steve on that? What was your uh, mine is the Almond Brothers, the live version of In Memory of Elizabeth Reed, off their album uh, at Fillmore East. Oh, that's yeah. Cool. I consider that one. Yeah. It's, a, it's about thirteen minutes, and it's just a fantastic instrumental. Yeah. Uh, it, it kicks the the shit out of the studio version, it, right? Yeah. Right. I mm-hmm. can't believe uh, I can't believe nobody thought of this too. Mine's Freebird, Leonard Skinnerd. I mean, that, yeah. it, you know that's been used in so many different movies, and uh, oh, just sitting by a fire cooking marshmallows. I mean, Freebird was freaking just a, a really good song and it's uh, just over 10 minutes like 10 minutes and nine seconds uh i yeah. also like rush 21 12 uh you know that's a much longer uh mm-hmm. and then i i do have a liking for um iron maiden and they they have the ancient mariner which is over 13 minutes long and uh it's actually poetry with um, music and I don't know if people really listen to Iron Maiden like I do but uh, 
the uh, artwork and stuff with Eddie on the cover and all that stuff makes people to mm. believe that the music is different than what they actually play. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they play some rock and stuff, but they also can get mellow and uh, play some Iron some Maiden has come too. up quite a bit in this podcast, just in, in the side conversations. Oh. Uh, I, I think right. I need to, to check them out a little more and hear more than just their their known songs. I need to dive into them a bit. I'm in the same boat. Never giving them a shot. So, in my uh, in this this episode isn't isn't live yet, but our my episode with Tommy Wood doing Kiss Destroyer, we talk about Iron Maiden quite a bit, and oh, uh, okay. apparently they they got new stuff uh, really recently. Yeah, yes, yeah, it just came out. Yeah, it just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like two of the songs. Um, when you're a fan, you're looking for something, and uh, for that album, there's two songs that I like. And that that doesn't pose well because most of the albums I like more than that. You know, yeah. everyone, like I said, that ZZ Top Eliminator, uh, there was one song on that that I was like, eh. But if I'm going to a car show, I drop the top and I throw in some ZZ Top. They just really had that hot rod thing with the Eliminator car and stuff like that. So, And they had a lot of classic songs. And, uh, I, on, on ZZ Top, I, I have a quick story, uh, which involves Alan, uh, at my, at my cousin's, not my cousin, sorry, my uncle's wedding in the, in the mid eighties, yeah. <laughs> I was real pissed off. I was a grumpy yeah. little, like five, six year old. And, uh, and I just, I was uncomfortable and just didn't want to be there. Uh, but then it comes along comes Alan. He's like, Every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. There you go. And you straighten right <laughs> I can't believe you. I can't believe you. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a pic I have the picture of you sitting on my lap. You're asleep <laughs> at the wedding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the wow. 80s. That's crazy. <laughs> go to take us to another question there, Alan. Um what let me say, um, what was the first album you bought? Any, any, any album? Like what? Like what did you buy with your own money? Not like you got for a birthday present or something. So my first CD purchase with my own money was a deal because I, I actually spent my money and I got my first stereo for my room with a little five disc changer. So I got five CDs with it, and nice. And so it was one big bulk purchase, and it was uh, uh, Tupac's first album. <laughs> right well, very classic rock dr yeah. dre the chronic very classic rock common thread which was songs of the eagles by country artists oh i remember that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not a bad yeah, album i remember but, that but I mean, I'll, I'll finish strong here uh queen a night at the opera oh, yeah that's good yeah. and eagles hotel california yeah, that's good too. Yeah, okay. so put those five in there. Hit hit shuffle, and it would take a while, but I get you know an interesting playlist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so a couple of those classic rock ones canceled out the other uh, ones. So you're okay. Yeah, I'd probably put it on repeat <laughs> a lot, but uh, <laughs> just giving you crap. Uh, my first one was uh, Beatles Revolver, and I got um, cut grass and stuff like that. And uh, neighbor had a um, garage sale and his older brother had some record albums there i bought that and i enjoyed i enjoyed the beatles now i do remember the first 45 i bought and that was rolling stones 
um, honky tonk woman mm. and it had a bar fly on the front of the, uh, uh, you know, chick at the end of the bar or whatever. <laughs> and my mom says, are you sure this is the 45 you want to buy? And I said, yeah, mom. Yeah. Uh, because it had cowbell in the uh, <laughs> song. And uh, my mom was thrilled. She's like, oh, boy. You know, she's like, okay, it was my money. And I actually bought that. So Honky tonk, mom. Country and Western. You know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think my yeah. first 45 was um, Little TNA from the Stones. And then wasn't She So Cold on the, the flip side, I think? Oh, I think that was my first forty-five. I don't remember. I didn't even. No, I, and I like she's so cold. Yeah, my yeah. Um, my I I can't remember exactly, but I like to say that it was Kiss Love Gun, and like I bought two oh, at the yeah. same time with my own money. But I think it was actually the album from the Bee Gees called Spirits Having Flown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's classic. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Yeah. They had the song Tragedy and then um, Too Much Heaven was also on that album. But Oh, okay. Was that after the death of their brother, Andy no, Gibbs? Or? No, it was, it was before then? Yeah. Because I yeah, don't it remember. It was still before that. Saturday Night Fever it was, right was after, a phenomenon. It was right after the Saturday Night Fever stuff. So this Have, was have you heard okay. the recent album by the DGs? No. Foo Fighters? No. It's, yeah. the, it's the Foo uh, Fighters doing oh, all Bee Gees tunes. It's uh, great. Yes. I, I, I did hear one of the songs. They, I they do a great I, version of Tragedy, which is really good. And oh, uh, You Should Be Dancing and a couple of others. It's, it's, it's fun. Oh, I saw it. Have you be seen the music video yeah, for it? Yeah. That was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Just awesome. Is that where they... Um, to look I love up. the fact that the Foo Fighters are at a place now where they can do whatever the hell they want for fun. Yeah, no yes. doubt. They did those yeah. Jewish. Uh, they got a horror movie coming out. Here's yeah. your six six six. What is it? Uh, album six six six. Something like something? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Or Studio six six six. I think is there what you it go. is. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Dave Grohl could do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think every. I think everybody loves him. You know what yeah. I mean. So, yeah. He's like the Keanu Reeves. You know, <laughs> or just everybody just loves the guys. You know. So. What about you, Luke? Well. My first album was Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. Oh, yeah. You know what? That was very popular. <laughs> I mean, that was. Yeah, with the it, women. It, it was. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I was at uh, my formative oh. years of music. Hey, I, I, I will own that album until the day I die. I, I still listen to it. It's fantastic, so. That CD wound up in my car, but I have no idea right. how it got oh, there. Yeah. Who left it there? Sure, okay. It was in my car. Yeah, and I, saw, like, I don't know where. Yeah, it, sure. It was did. like sure uh, Peter Frampton live. Everybody had a copy of it. But yeah, they, no you doubt. Know, they, 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 they they mailed no. them out to everybody just so that make the sales look good, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody great. got stuffed in their mailbox. <laughs> what was it? Was it Weezer that had the uh, if if you. you you installed uh, something on your computer, the Weezer video automatically came on, or installed Windows 98 or something like that. Well, you too That did was that. automatically downloaded. So Remember, yeah, you too you did that? You too had that Verizon yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Oh, that was a horrible album. It pissed yes. me off. I was like, why is this U2 album on my and fucking uh, phone? Exactly. 
Yeah. Now, uh, that that was the first album that I bought with my own money. Now, my dad was in the Columbia House uh, CD club, so 10, 10 CDs for a penny. So, Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. So he's still he's still in it. He's still in it. I mean, thirty something years. You, you never get out. Yeah, you can't get out of it. You can't there get you out. Of but uh, my first tape cassette, classic rock, was Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell Two. Hey, that is a great album. I learned yeah. that as my first one, even though it wasn't my own money. I got it with number two. Yeah, number two is a great yeah. album. Hey, that, that's, no, I don't even know if I've heard all. I'll have to go back and listen to that. On which one? Number um, two, Bad Out of Hell number two. Yes. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have I don't not seen it. it. It's a good one. And, you know, with, uh, uh, you can do anything. I'll do anything yes, for love, but I won't right. do that. What yes. is that? Oh, yeah. And Steinman, <laughs> he just passed away last year, I think. And and that guy, he did a lot of movie um, background music and stuff, too. But Steinman was the writer of all the uh, meatloaf stuff. You know, back He's to, the piano player. Back to the What's Columbia, that? back to the Columbia house thing. So oh, yeah. I got a story about that. So my uncle Kevin was in the club and they kept sending him stuff and they kept charging him, charging him. He, so then my aunt Linda worked as a like secretary or something at a legal office. And he had to have her get the stationery or something from the, legal office, oh, office to, to send to Columbia House to get them to finally stop charging him for these albums. Oh, I know. that's cr- It was crazy. It was. People got it was like, in the- I had BMG for a while. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, it's the same thing as Columbia House, but yeah. that, that helped me build my early CD collection. My, my vinyl collection was inherited from my dad. I just by inherited, it means I, when I moved to Georgia, I took oh, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's right. Yes. Sorry, he's like, Dad. He's like, where's my, where's it? I don't know. That's that's where I got, like, say, my, my first Pink Floyd album and uh, the two Beatles' greatest hits, the red and the blue ones. I got those. Yeah. From, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, several others. Yeah. No, that's cool. Luke, what you got for a question? Uh, which classic rock band has the best rhythm section? And there is also a correct answer for this question. So. <laughs> yeah, I think he already answered it. <laughs> I, I know. I know what the correct answer is. And I put the who. There you go. Yeah, because that's, that's correct. Those uh, Keith Moon and uh, I mean, hard. those guys just work together. Keith Moon was definitely sporadic in his drumming and stuff. But I was going to say, Keith Moon and, and Constant Rhythm don't come to mind. I mean, he's amazing, but... He, it, well, I call it adding something, <laughs> because uh, if something was missing, he added it. And there was times where the recorders, the, they would be in the studio, they'd be playing something, and they're like, what is this? What what is this? What is this noise here? What is this? And they isolated it, it with the yeah, microphone. It's called jazz. Yeah, he added he added something that would be out of a four time. He would add something, and it was just a little bit extra. My, my my favorite extra is when he screams. So if you listen to Quadrophenia, you can hear him going Rah! in the background. Oh, yeah. it, he's getting so into the drum. That's what I love about him. He's just the energy. I, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. To there was to uh, any new album. Some John Bonham stuff. You can hear him growl. He he's growling. 
you can hear him growling while he's drumming. He's he's like growling. He's hitting him so hard. The dude, the the dude was literally. I mean, he really was insane, and it could have been you know the drugs and the alcohol. Makes me think of Uncle Ernie, you know. From yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. I think in order to define the best rhythm section, you got to define the criteria though john john at whistle is the best bass player ever al this, 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 <laughs> yeah. this isn't even a conversation i kind of i kind of have to go with luke on this <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm gonna throw something out there i, I have two answers because the one i my first go-to i didn't think might not be considered classic rock but it's the meters, the oh, meters yeah, yeah. The meters. So they played. They're they're a funk band out of out of New Orleans with the Nell Brothers. Brothers yeah. And yeah, they they played like with Dr. John a lot. Like yeah. the album. Uh, well, the, the their main their main golden period. You had uh, Zigaboo Modalest on drums and George Porter Jr. on bass, and they yeah. were fantastic. But say that's skirting the yeah and the boundaries of classic rock. And George Porter Jr. played with. He's played with everybody. I mean, in yeah. the rock. For, for my actual answer, though, I did go with Cream, went with Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce. Oh yeah, that's the second. That's the second. Cream? Oh, acceptable Ginger answer. Baker's awesome. <laughs> well, what about? I mean, if you're just going like solid rocked in groove, what about Charlie Watts and Bill Wyman? I mean, those guys would lock. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is sacrilege, but I uh, I never got into the Rolling Stones ever. I don't own a single vinyl record. Oh wow! I I, I, I just uh, well. Yeah, I mean, I can see. You know what? We we talked about Iron Maiden and it, Steve Harris on the bass, and uh, oh, I'm trying to Nico. Isn't his name like Nico something? Yeah, Nico. Yeah, those guys together. You got to listen to it. What about Mick Fleetwood and John McVie? And they, I mean, they played with the John Mayall and the Blues oh, Breakers. Gosh. They played yeah. uh, I mean, on the song Werewolves of London. I mean, they played on a bunch of stuff. Obviously, Fleetwood Mac stuff. When you look at it, the once they hit the their stride with rumors and stuff, not so much. But their early stuff, I would say, absolutely, they're in there. Mm-hmm. When they were truly blues, yeah. Yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, it, on my favorite album, I actually <laughs> I added some Fleetwood Mac on there, and I was going to try to blow you guys off. And I'm sitting there, you know, I was going to go a different direction of what <laughs> you guys thought, and then I'm like, well, uh, Fleetwood Mac is a uh, uh, controversial probably pick on anything you know depending on their the era their era, the era for sure they've, yeah. reinvented, they've reinvented themselves at, at, yeah. at least four yeah. times like for sure of. yeah I mean, well and to go back to years Alan, I mean, what you said with with the rolling stones same same thing they're 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 i love the rolling stones they're great and especially when you go back and you you see their evolution from their early stuff to you know, whatever they put out over the years. Yeah. They, they had so many different Ooh, yeah. deviations from the standard, just rock uh, through line. Yeah. That, that's what makes them really interesting to dive into is the all yeah. those deviations. It wasn't like a steady decline and they really or did. a steady incline. It was just they changed all over the place. Really. They even had some disco yeah. you know, kind of styles in there. Some girls album was yeah. Yeah, disco. Getty, Getty Lee and Neil Peart. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. For sure. oh, yeah. We left them. I out. didn't think of that. That was another one that passed my, my thought process too, because uh, Neil Peart was one man army and then throw Getty Lee plus singing Absolutely. on top of it. I mean, that's really good. 
I put Roger Taylor and John Deacon on my list too as possibles. Yeah. I mean, that's some funky white guy bass right there. English dude. Even. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's weird, right? Right. It's right. just some white guy from England can play like that funky bass line. They got another one bites the dust and, and a bunch of those. They bought a lot of the blues albums from from America, and I mean that's yeah. the Beatles will tell you that's what they did, and, and Cream and and all these other ones were like they're just doing the blues and doing it, putting their English stink on it, and then they brought it back to the United States. I mean, and like we mentioned before we start recording, I, I have a new appreciation for Paul and Ringo. Yeah, watch watching get back and seeing those two work together as far oh, yeah. as. Uh, trying different ideas like you know get a different bass guitar do like watching that recording process that's that's pretty fascinating yeah. and and seeing them work together to get the the rhythm of the song right. while they're just you know vocalizing lyrics that don't exist yet all just to the rhythm of the, of the bass and, and drums that, that's pretty cool yeah it's crazy that documentary yeah, sure. is highly recommended. I can't wait to see how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Spoiler. I'm not going to spoil it for you. What is a popular band or song that you always turn off? Something that yeah. to you is well, tired or overplayed or overrated? Proud Mary. <laughs> Proud Mary from Creedence. Jesus. Oh. I, <laughs> I'm so sick. Just thinking about it. Just thinking about it right now wants me to just, I want to reach through there and grab somebody's throat right now. Just like, that's how much I, I I'm so sick of that song. It is a good it's song, but good. there's so many other. No, it's not. It's, it's, not it's even a, good a good song, song but there's no. better Creedence songs out there. Definitely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I put some. I had some other ones on yeah, my list too that, I don't, that you guys are probably going to want to reach through and grab my throat. I put uh, these, maybe not like American Pie and Inagata De Vida. I'm so sick of that shit. I'm so sick. Uh, oh well, I actually, I thought everybody's long song was going to be Inagata De Vida, but I don't care for that. It's Inagata De Vida is not like the other long tracks we mentioned. Inagata De Vida, you you you, you have you got to be invested. Like, okay, I'm going to sit and listen to Inagata De Vida. That's exactly you know, because right. it's it's almost like homework. I had the album that it was on, you know, uh, but that was. I, I thought the ones you guys might hate me for is like Hotel California. Sometimes I get bored Whoa, of that song. Hey, sometimes yeah, I, got, I, got, yeah. I get bored and and what? Stairway. I, I fast forward to the well, to the good part. So, okay. <laughs> oh no! As soon as it, yeah, right when it gets to that's right. That's where I'll give you Stairway, I, I but I got I got like veto Hotel California here or something. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that's still a great track. And when and the when you hear it off of uh, their live album well, is is even better. And then I'll even throw yeah. out the acoustic version on Hell Freezes Over. I, I, I love those. I like the, I like that one. Just sometimes yeah. it's a mood. Well, that's what I love that whole album of uh, Led Zeppelin. I love the whole album. But in Peoria, they would have um, uh, top 500 yeah, every Memorial year during the, like the Indy yep. 500 race. Uh, was that Memorial Day weekend or whatever? And yeah. uh, Stairway to Heaven seemed to be always number one. And I mean, for a time there, that was well. You know what? I'm going to let you in on a little radio magic. And since since I was in the biz there, as I as I say, sure, that countdown's all bullshit. Yeah, yeah. 
There's no. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. DJs actually did some sort of tally like one, two, three. Four. No, there's no, there's no way, dude. It was all. No. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. And you're. And there's no computers thousands, then. There's no computers. Of phone calls. Yeah. Before, I, I'm sorry yeah. if I burst your bubble there, but. So would it just be the DJ's list, or is this you know the the, the radio station's list? Yeah, it'd be the program. It was the programmer. Yeah, he, he whoever was just yeah radio doing station. the music. Oh well, I do remember one year. Uh, Bo- was it Bonnie Ray? No. Uh, what was it? Need a hero. What was that song? Uh, Linda Carlo. Oh, yeah. Bonnie no. Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. That was number one, one year. And I thought, no, it was yes, not. it was. And I said, shoot me. <laughs> I'm like, no, but that, it was no. the year that that came out. And okay. Well that programmer must've got like fired right yes. before or, was, or knew he was going to get fired. That was the and he just did that on purpose. And I'm sitting there going, uh, because, um, stairway to heaven got second place. And I'm going, no, you know, I'm going, it's a trying Tyler's people must've contacted the station. A That's exactly. Play there. Yeah. yeah. She, she was probably coming to town and then oh, they were trying to promote it. Sell tickets. That uh, could have been. Yeah. She was playing the local fair that weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who I put it. was, um, you too. You too to me is such an overrated what? band the the guitar playing what was that uh, they did the rockumentary thing yeah. with uh, Paige and Jack White and The Edge yeah it's gonna get oh, loud yeah. so yeah. I'm sitting there watching that and I'm thinking one thing is not like the others uh, <laughs> he did not you know what I mean and you know that, that thing really sucked because it never got loud you know what I mean <laughs> I'm sitting there waiting for this hey man these guys are gonna come out. I think hey, the title was "It Might." It it might, might There's a key word in there. It wasn't. It wasn't. It will get loud. It would have been perfect as if Eddie Van Halen busted in yeah. and wrapped out eruption right on the whole thing and and the credits roll. You know what I mean? Me too. Never really resonated with me. I mean, a couple of of you know decent singles here and there, but they just haven't really. Like, I never yeah. got into them. You know what? Bono Bono does good to the world. You know, he uses his fame. That's great. But at, musically, and uh, just completely, totally overrated. <laughs> I, th- I think the edge is held with such esteem because he, he came up with a sound. It, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be technical. Um, it, it, and that goes back to, to Ringo. He, he played with feel. You know, he, he wasn't a technical drummer, so... I think the sound is the same, the same over and over. But he, you know, it is. Yes, yes. But but he, but, he but had that. That, that was sound. his. He he created that. Yes. But but it's not like it's not like ACDC the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. There, there is a, a YouTube same. documentary out there called I think it's Rattle and Hum. Yes. And, yeah. And there's a couple scenes in there where they're like playing in a subway and it's just them jamming. Yeah. That's not bad. Right. I, I mean, when they're jamming and stuff and just playing stripped down, uh, feeling off of each other. Yeah. That's good. It's hey, the, but their studio I'm saying they could play in a bar. I mean, I would go, you know, I'd be okay entertained for that. But man, the, the you know, I don't know. And they've been around since 1976. I, I mean, they're they're definitely classic rocks. So I, I know a lot of people wouldn't. You know who else was around in 1976? Weird Al Inkovich. 
and he and he's and he's he's sold more albums uh, and has five <laughs> Grammy nominations. So if you want, and then they play, he plays all types of different music. He goes, you know, he does yeah. the rap and and uh, you know rock and and fifties doo wop. So. I mean, he doesn't play the same old thing. So his yeah, his band is fantastic. I've seen him several times, and just the the, the wide swath of, of genres that they have to play. Yeah, they're great. They are yeah. really good. Yeah, John. Yeah. We actually got into a pretty deep conversation about Weird Al in, in my episode. Yeah, we did actually. <laughs> yeah, on the on the radio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What the. I'm gonna throw a I'm gonna throw a band and a song out there that I always turn off. I can't just can't listen to it. But the band is Supertramp. Oh, which? Come on, man. Which one? If Supertramp comes on the radio. It is. Yeah, I, no, I can't stand them. Cannot stand Supertramp. They had two songs that were undeniably. I love, I love the song. Undeniably School. cool. When when they definitely came out. Uh, what I have to do is listen to it again now to see if it stands the test of time but i can remember at a time there a lot of people had uh breakfast yeah. in america uh, i mean that's what yeah, yeah logical I mean, song that was if i never hear logical again that's uh, I'll, 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 <laughs> oh yeah but, but that, yeah yeah that, that's not the song though my song is sweet home alabama i never what? want to hear it again uh, what <laughs> <laughs> That's sacrilegious. I live in the South too, and oh, just, uh, I can definitely I, see that getting over. It needs to be erased from history. It's just over. So <laughs> no wonder you didn't. Your favorite long track wasn't Freebird. I mean, you're listen, you listen. You got to listen to that too much. Freebird's great. Actually, on Freebird, uh, I remember. Uh, asking my dad when I was younger, it's like, Dad, I've never heard Freebird. Do you have that? And yeah. uh, sat out in his truck, and, and he had a, oh, a t- yeah. he had the tape. He did, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, of course he did. We, we, we sat there. Everybody for ten minutes. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, was we either fast forward to get to it because it's a goddamn yes. tape. But <laughs> yeah. What about you, Luke? Yeah. So my my answer. Uh, the sad thing is, I own a majority of their albums on vinyl because my dad was was an Uber fan. Um, I, I will turn off anything by Ario Speedwagon. Oh no! No, keep on loving you. Can't fight this feeling anymore. There's especially okay, being well, from East Peru. Okay, well, those yeah. Yeah, they're, they're champagne, right? No, well, so, Gary, Gary Richard was from East Peru. Okay, gotcha, so, gotcha. And, and the Turkey Trot and one of my favorite albums would yeah, be the Decade of Rock and Roll. It was like a, almost yeah. like a best of. That and, explains uh, so much of why they were always played in yeah. the Illinois yeah. Valley. Yeah. I didn't know they were from Peoria. Yeah. Yeah, you that, that, yeah, I think that's why I don't like. I, I'm not saying they're a bad band. They're, they're, I will give them credit. They're a phenomenal band, but the songs you listed do suck. The, yes. Those yeah. were that, those were take good. it on the run. Yeah. Take it on the run. That's a, okay. I like that one. Yeah. I was going to say the, the old one, right high infidelity back, high infidelity backwards. Yeah, was the best. Yeah, Mario. you can tune that was piano, their, their you best tune a fish. You can tune the piano, but well, can't they, they sing the heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. That's that's them, right? Yeah, that's that, that, that was that's getting on the run. That was getting yeah, closer to the eighties. I used to have a ten-speed bicycle with a uh, little luggage rack on the front of it, and I had a boombox attached to it. And 
decade of decade of rock and roll or or uh, i have it on vinyl vinyl. (laughs) that was a great my dad did have those vinyls but for some reason they didn't make it to georgia (laughs) you you cherry picked uh, i did i also left the best of bread so i didn't feel that (laughs) oh my gosh that was another album that a lot of people had in their house was uh, best of bread. I mean, it, was, they, it was crazy they how many them. they sold. They mailed those out. They mailed those out. It was Columbia House, man. I'm telling you, yeah. get that was like the freebie. They were just trying to get rid of them. All. And, and Peter Frampton Live was another one that I saw a lot of yeah. people had at their house. I'm like, man. But I think but, another one is um, uh, Soak Degrees from Boss Gags. Oh yeah, that yeah. That was another one. Everybody it seems like in their collection has that. Did they have the, the Lido Shuffle on there? Yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Which I, I love it. I love that song. I love it. <laughs> I love the, the bass. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. I think we covered that one. Yeah. Didn't we? Did everybody get theirs in? I'd like to thank you for listening to part one of our Classic Rock Roundtable, the first bonus episode for the show. Part two will be released in a few weeks after our next regularly scheduled Monday episode. For those that cannot wait, part two is already up on our Patreon, along with several future episodes. More roundtables are being organized. What topics would you like us? More roundtables are being organized. What topics would you like to see us cover? Please let us know on social media, our website, or plain old email. We'd love to hear from you. So again, thank you for listening to Music Rewind, a podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. As I always say, listen to the full album. Until next time. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.